Hi, this is Brandon from Two Dads with Hats. It's December and we're now in the holiday season. As Jason and I have planned, recorded, and edited our final episodes for 2017, we've had the opportunity to look back at the whole year and appreciate the good times we've had with so many of our friends and colleagues who have guest starred on the show. In fact, we've had so many shows, one each week this year, that we found out we had labeled a few of our episodes with the same number. For example, with episode eight with our friend Chewy, we had a part one and a part two, both labeled episode eight. We did the same thing with Eddie in episode 11, Traditions with episode 14, and Rich with episode 35. Episode 16 with Nate, we actually made a mini show, a trailer we created. We're not even sure how we should have numbered that one. So it turns out this show is actually the 49th show. Yes, we've had 49 shows in 49 weeks. And the good news is we have our special end-of-year show, show coming up, our 50th, that will cap our 2017. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate all the feedback and fun we've had this year. Sit back, enjoy this holiday season, and welcome to this week's episode of Two Dads with Hats. Ready, Freddie? Oh, boy, we got some heavy editing here. Heavy editing. Give me something to say, and I'll say it. Les copains d'abord. Let's do this thing. From the left coast to the Great Lakes, welcome to Two Dads with Hats with your hosts, Jason and Brandon. Hey, Brandon, how you doing tonight, man? Hey Jason, what um, what's going on, man? Hey, I got a uh, special special hat tonight. It's a it's a good one. Oh, you are plugging our upcoming fiftieth uh, show. I see. It is the f- grand finale, the Pumba of Pumbas. Is that how do you say that, man? How do you the grand Pumba of Pumbas? The grand Pumba of shows. Yes. You- just you've just made up a phrase. I will see that on a shirt or a hat in your local retail establishment soon. It's like you know my marketing plan for 2018. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're gonna get shirts and hats. Pound sign shirts and hats. Yep. Pound sign John Oliver shirts and hats. <laughs> well, hey, I know. Um, I know this this show. We wanted to do something we've never done before. First time. Yep. And let me make sure I understand. So I'm following along. We want to take. A show that we recorded a, a while back, but never aired. It was like two months ago, man. In the mix-up, we recorded it, we prepared to air it, and then we got better content, maybe. Yeah, we got two different months. Something, yeah. Not to be we judgmental. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just us. None of our guests. We would never, we would never hold back on a guest. Um, well, we maybe one. If <laughs> we have to cut this out now. Yeah, that, the one, the two times that we held back. The, the two times we held back, well, if we had, let's say, um, like Hitler on. It's, like, well, it's not you, it's me. It's it's kind of like, you know, we got busy. Actually, if we got Hitler on, we would air that show because it would prove that he never died. Well, yeah. Hitler and Elvis, I guess. Those are the two. Elvis. If we had Elvis on. Okay. Elvis. Elvis is far less controversial. <laughs> we had Elvis on and the Incredible Snowman. Um, so the abominable. What's that? The abominable snowman. Le, le abominable snowman. Le abominable. Yeah, see. So what we wanted to do is let's, we wanted to share some clips and talk about it 
And we've never done this before. We've never shared the clips and talked about it. So we wanted to do that. And I wanted to play um, – this is, this is a really – this is a big topic that we had. And so should I just kind of play a clip and jump right into it? Yeah, let's start with the beginning. That's usually where we go. Okay, so here we go. Let me play, play this here. So we got to get back to the fundamentals. Get back to the basics. Let's, let's take – the fundamentals of life is uh, kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You got to have food, clothing, shelter. It used to be where people got the fundamentals of, hey, I'm an adult now. So as you move from being a teen into adult, I need to work in order to provide for myself. And I think that that has decayed over time to where this, this is now Let's see, the millennial generation, economists say, is the first generation that will be poorer and, and less well-off financially than their parents. Each generation since the Great Depression has gotten more and more um, affluent or just financially better off, and this generation, no. And so I, I know the amount of 20-somethings and early 30-somethings that, for instance, live with their parents it's phenomenal. I mean, we're talking about pre-World War II levels of having, you know, people who continue to stay at home, which in the U.S. has not been a thing. People have gone out and, and gone on their own, and now people are not doing the basics. So, uh, you know, people are not able to, for whatever reason, block and tackle. Go to work, have a job. This is, this is your job every day. It may not be glamorous you know, making coffee at 7-Eleven, but it does pay the bills. So th this is the show that we talked about, the millennials and uh, blocking and tackling is what it was, right? Yeah, get back to the fundamentals, man. Focus on the basics. And, and, we, and I, I don't, this is not to be labor millennials because we're all millennials at heart. Who out there doesn't want <laughs> an Xbox and avocado toast, right? We're all millennials at heart. But we were talking about it, our heart symbol mm -hmm. is um, it was the blocking and tackling. And, and this, this segment that we, we listened to, you and I, and I apologize to everybody because of some type of electrical feedback that's happening there that you can hear the high-pitched whine. It was the Russians, right? The Russians were, were yeah. doing their electronic that, surveillance. That, that's before they figured out that really we have no power. <laughs> we can't influence like any type of elections. Um, <laughs> We're talking about the basics and how the basics are in life, having a place to live, having food, having shelter, and getting back to basics of, okay, well, what's the basics of whatever you're trying to do? Because most of us have the basics of physical needs, right? To the point, yeah, you're exactly right. And to the point where we don't consider them I don't know about we, so I'll, I'll say myself in, in particular, I actually explored this topic over the last few years as I've been trying to, to figure out how can I confront my own fears, my deepest fears. And what I discovered is that I was not afraid of some of the things that many other people were afraid of, meaning, for example, jobs. Like burning to death or drowning? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, well, yeah, I don't hang out in the ocean that much, you know, maybe three, four times in my life. Like to death, I don't go around fire not expecting to sweat. That's, that's Lil Wayne, by the way. That's not mine. Oh, he's so little. 
He's so good. So, no, the thing is, <clears throat> I, I feel like you mentioned it in the clip, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, shelter, clothing, water. That's very basic. But then if you think about corporate America and, you know, first world problems, I have bad cell phone reception or, you know, I'm, at a, I'm stuck in traffic today. Well, on one hand, yeah, you're, you're not happy with the situation. But on the other hand is you're, you're going somewhere. You have a car. You know, you have gas in your car. You have money. We don't think about those types of things. And I think that when we talk about getting back to the basics, there's an opportunity here to identify what are we focusing on? Are we focusing on surviving or thriving? And I think that we are talking, like you and I are pretty privileged, I think. Yep. Um, there, and, and something that, that hits me, because you, you know I get a produce box. In fact, one will show up overnight or two, because I, I buy them. It supports local farmers. You know, it's within... 100 miles or 200 miles, sometimes within 50 miles. Mm -hmm. um, and it forces me to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. And goal-wise, I'm trying to improve my health. And I like them, so I find ways to cook that I like them. Um, in that box is a newsletter every week that they put recipes. And it's kind of colloquial stuff about the farm. Um, really cool. And it, oh, lately, with the holidays, they brought up a statistic that I see over and over again. I look up, and basically one in six people in America – um, has uh, what they call food insecurity. They literally do not know where tomorrow's meal will come from. They're literally, maybe they're waiting tables, and today's tips will determine if they feed their kids tomorrow. You and I, I think we're fairly privileged in that we have that, we may not, we may not feel like we have it, but we have the job security that we have enough, however it is, God-given or scientifically derived skill set that we can work um sometimes it's a struggle to find the the, the right work that we're you know there's increasingly the job market is changing but we don't have that food insecurity and i think most of our friends and listeners we've got that, that bottom level yes we have gone through it at times where we don't know are we going to be able to make our mortgage or rent payment however overall we're, we're not surviving we're trying to thrive and should I, should I play the other clip, actually? Yeah, that's now? a perfect transition to the thing that we mentioned in the other clip, where we do talk about, frankly, we and millennials, we, we're not really worried about where our next meal is going to come from. We never have that concern. Right. And yeah. millennials might not have it from their own effort, but because the, their parents, that generation, has not worried. So, therefore they're able to have a, like a safety, a safety net, right? They, a lot, a lot of millennials overwhelmingly still live at home. Now, again, we're not taking away. I want to make sure that, you know, people don't think, yeah, but there are plenty of poor people that fall into the millennial age range. There are, but we're not talking about the overwhelming number, right? Maybe. I think I'm lost now, but that's good. We, we talked about it in the clip. It might be that I'm just herbal tea, herbal tea I have. Let me, let me play this clip because this is something that we recorded in the show that never aired that um, I must have listened to this five or eight times, what you said. It really struck me. I want to play that, okay? Yep. Focusing on the fundamentals is a survival technique. I think that when you, when you, when you have threats to your survival, 
that's when you focus on the fundamentals. When those survival needs are taken care of and you don't have a threat against them, that's when you could rise above the fundamentals, the focus on fundamentals. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs? So I think Maslow's hierarchy of needs and as it relates to surviving versus thriving, you know, we, we did talk about that. That's so exactly I, right. I stopped the clip there. I think, I think I ramble a little bit after that, but that's so true. That's talking through my focus on growth and professional development over the last three years. That was exactly my, my belief system. That was my mindset because I was not focused on job security. I was not threatened by anyone. I had no fear as it related to where's my, my, where's my next paycheck going to come from? Where's my next meal? Where's my next mortgage payment? I never had a problem. I never had an issue over those years. And I focused on growth. So I focused on from a period of time, how can I become better, better skilled, better equipped, uh, improve and grow my mindset, change, challenge myself. And the key to that was, I think, that I was not threatened. So I was not focusing on the fundamentals during that time period. What we're talking about here is what does it look like? First of all, can we understand what mode are we in? Are we surviving or thriving, number one? And if we're in survival mode, what do we have to do to reduce the threat and address that fear? And I think, to your point, what it is is focusing on the fundamentals, blocking and tackling. That's how we started this theme, this topic. And I think, no, I don't think, I know you're right on this. It is. It's Maslow's hierarchy, right? That? You know that I'm that I'm a male gender, sir. I'm not right very often. I would love to hear that. I'm kidding. I don't care. I just don't care if you I'm are right. correct. I am correct. I am not left. Yeah. Yes, when you're when when we struggle to see where our our is a roof going to be over our head. You know, many people have been homeless here, even here in the U.S., where we have um, we're very fortunate. You know, we're very fortunate that we're born into a country that doesn't know um, in our lifetimes civil unrest like many countries in Africa, the Middle East. You know, we haven't, we don't have warlords that are taking food from our families. You know, we don't worry to the degree that, that other people do. So we're very fortunate. And instead, we get to work on things to make us better. Like you said, you had several years of being able to, to work on doing that. Can, is there anything maybe, like I have an example to share of what I, I want to do, but I want to, before I do that, I want to see like, is there anything you can share from those three years of maybe you working on, whether it's the block in tackling or whether it's more advanced. Um, we're Indian football season, college football, real football, unfortunately. <laughs> but I do want to, <laughs> yes. I just think like, is there things like bubble pass, um, you know, student body right, uh, the old school Nebraska type plays? Is there anything that's not just basic blocking and tackling, but more, you know, okay, not trick plays, but these are these are more taking it to the next level. This is how you make sure you go from a winning season to getting in a good bowl game. So do you have any examples? I've used all <laughs> my football metaphors. I love all the college football analogies you have there. And, and I love frankly, college football. The question is, is there a bad bowl game? I don't even know. Are, are, yes. Are, oh, there are some. I've been to some. No bueno. 
<laughs> no bueno, see. Sí. So I think what you're talking about, again, it goes takes us way back. One of the topics that our good friend uh, and internet mentor, Tim Ferriss, mentions, it's about those- Your friend, friends. not mine. Yeah, technically, I don't know the gentleman, but you know he's, he's, he's well-known and uh, well-studied. So it's all about establishing the routines and identifying the habits that you want. That, let me start over. It's about identifying the habits that you need to develop in order to help you achieve your goal faster, better, um, with a higher rate of success, if you will. And that's really all I've done. So those, over those three years, I was focused on building habits that set me up for success. Now, in hindsight, I have to say, I was not focused on the fundamentals, but you could argue that our habits are the fundamental building blocks of how we spend our time and energy. But I, I addressed the habits that I had. Some of that's a morning routine. Some of that is just looking holistically at mind, body, spirit. <clears throat> so on a spiritual awakening journey, on a becoming more mindful, practicing mindfulness techniques, and figuring out what we could do to eat healthier, to help our body, right? Help our vessel. <laughs> I, I feel like it takes a conscious decision many times. Do, would I be wrong or errant in saying that? We, we, don't, we don't focus on them naturally. You know, we um, – going – taking one half step back, some people, it is hard to get to work on time. Mm-hmm. You, you might have people that work for you, people that you've worked for, people, peers, or friends outside of work, but, oh, my God, they just cannot get to work at 8 a.m. or whatever their 8 a.m. is. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a midnight shift. And for them, they literally have to set alarms and have people remind them, and they have to start earlier. So that's something that they're aware of because it's brought up to them. Now, if they work in a place where – Ah, whatever they come in, they come in. That's great, but that's that doesn't happen most of the time. You're covering a shift. You're doing something. If mm-hmm. you are talented enough and your skill set is high enough, let's say you're a really good developer, programmer, then they don't care because you're producing output, you know, and they know this many lines of code takes this many hours. Doesn't care what it gets done is also within the range. I'm talking about the average person. So people, they they have. They have to concentrate. You know, I've known people who have been let go from their job because they can't do the basics. They cannot come to work. They cannot get along with others. They cannot do things that are required. And yet others, many people, excel at the basics. I mean, think about it. Who's a great employee? They show up. They don't cause drama. They do their job. They may not be a superstar, right? They may never be, oh, gosh, this is a person that's going to redevelop our whole website so that our e-commerce, blah, 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 blah. But they are the steady teddy that gets it done. I'm glad you went there. You reminded me of two things. Now I apologize for interrupting you. So there's two things that come to mind based on what you said. The first, of course, is if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its entire life thinking that it's inadequate. So who is the fish in on your team, and how are we judging them? Are we not seeing their true potential, their true gift, or is it truly that it's the fundamentals? It's a survival technique, surviving in the office environment and the culture. 
we're getting way off topic here, but it's important. I think what we're talking about here is good. It is. Can I can I add on to that? Yes, please. I I think what you said is is so um, relevant in that. Put it in context. So I had the opportunity to work um, with a team that was not in the U.S. Uh, one time, and I was asked advice from an executive on whether a certain member on this other country offshore team whether they merited um i think it was a promotion they were going to give the individual they were going to promote them into like a leadership role the problem they were struggling with was that person's output versus people that were in the u.s was not the same hmm. and in no way demeaning them their output was less so I sat down and talked to the executive for a while. I said, well, you know, in working with them, let's take into consideration a couple of things. When we get up here in the U.S., we flip a light switch. We expect it to come on. They live, in no disrespect, in a third world country, according to United Nations or Doctors Without Borders. You name an organization. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why we use that offshore organization, because it's cheaper. They don't mm -hmm. Yep. What was that? Sorry, I'm making noise over here. <laughs> was that you? Yeah. This is not good. Yeah. It sounded like somebody was rummaging through rummaging through cereal boxes in your house. That's the mice, sir, and the keyboards. I was like, "Well, bring them out. They could guest star." Yeah, the mice and the keyboards, man. Um, and so I said, you know, in in their country, it's not a guarantee that electricity comes on at their house. Let's put it in perspective. If that person was here and they lived here, the standard would be different. Mm -hmm. Let's see where they live. What's their circumstances? And we've talked about it, and that executive um, at the end said, you know what, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. For, for what, they, what their environment, they're doing outstanding. I said, that's what I think, uh, whatever, sir, man, whatever it was, you know. Sure. And so they ended up promoting that individual and to that person made a big deal to them and their family. Thus we would have said like, wow, that's an extra dollar a week or whatever, you know, but to them it made a lot of difference. It, it basically that promotion, maybe it paid for like all their utilities, you know, maybe it paid for a week of food when they have small kids or whatever it is. So I think what you're saying really applies and culturally it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Where are we? Where's our team culture? Where's our own individual culture? So what's acceptable for you and your kids, right, in your environment versus maybe friends who have different environments? So it's it's really a lot based on where we are. You know, it's kind of like every – and we go back to college football, every team's different, right? You think of the teams – let's go Badgers, right? Wisconsin undefeated Woo. this year. Yeah. Uh, they – their standard pretty damn high. They're trying to win it all versus my team, which um, had to go back and pay a team almost three times what they were going to pay them to come play them in a makeup game because they missed during a hurricane so that we can have a winning season. Yeah, I mean, so the metaphor about blocking and tackling, I think that applies when we agree that the standards are the same. In these contexts, in this context, the standards are not necessarily the same in your example. Yeah, like with, with overseas and stuff. But what we're talking about, it is. I just wanted to, 
I wanted to separate so anyone who's listening that they didn't feel like we're saying, well, wait a minute, what about people who don't have food? No, 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 no. That's so they have. To, they're working on the basic. You and I, we're talking about not worrying about food, clothing, shelter. You don't worry whether your kid's going to have lunch at school or not, but rather we're trying to get to a different level, right? We're focusing on achieving the next level because we are blessed and we have privilege that we don't need to worry because of where we are, because of how we were born, et cetera. Right. Stuff we that we had no control over, right? True. Another uh, important thing, you said it earlier, I th- reminded me of the quote about, you focus, what you focus on is what you will see. It sounds silly, but imagine when you shift your focus, you actually gain an opportunity to increase your awareness. I said that really wordy, but it's true. So in my example, I was not focused at all on any threats or perceived threats. I was not focused on the fundamentals at all. I was focused on achieving the next level of growth. And you know what that means is that I have to give myself some freedom to explore, to reflect, to discover, and to make mistakes and grow because that's how you learn. Versus if you're in a situation where you cannot make mistakes, if you're under the microscope, let's say you're on a performance improvement plan. If you're on a performance improvement plan and your every action is scrutinized, well, the pressure's on, man, and pressure changes everything. Sometimes it changes coal into diamonds. And other times it changes decent average performing people into anxiety ridden, uh, unhealthy, whatever, right? I have been, um, I've been on all sides of that spectrum. Yeah. And I agree with what you're saying. An anxiety an anxiety driven, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's rare that we find a workplace and it's non-existent if you're an entrepreneur that is stress-free, mm-hmm. low stress, um, due to creating an environment that, hey, we got to get this job done and we're going to do it. Having that positive mindset of we have to generate revenue. I mean, even nonprofits have to, you know, they've got to, they've got to be funded. Even a soup kitchen, the money has to come from somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, man, I know this has kind of gone off the original topic, but I'm really enjoying this. Thank you. Me too. I think this is, like I said, more powerful. Would you, do you want to, um, do you want to listen a little bit more and see if we want to talk about any of it or how are you let's, feeling? Let's I'm, do one more clip. I think that we've, you know, let me play. Let me play it again. Let's see if there's another clip. How about that? Okay. That's a really good point. I I wonder what is the relationship between what we're seeing that that trend and the need for fulfillment and purpose in the workplace. I think that's one of the things. If we're going to generalize about a generation, like the millennial generation, I, I feel like that's one of the things on the positive side of the category that millennials want to be connected with a sense of purpose and fulfillment in their job. If that's missing, does what's the relationship between the missing sense of purpose and fulfillment and their lack of engagement with the work? Okay. I'm going to stop it right there. I, I would like, if we have time here, 
to yep. talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would like for us to kind of explore this because I feel like, honestly, I feel like it's not just millennials. I think people overall have shifted and it's no longer, people might not exhibit it, Jason, but even, even boomers, boomers are, are, are the generation that is in retire, uh, in the retirement transition now. Mm -hmm. There's uh, what ten thousand boomers a day transition, and even though boomers may say uh, whether overtly or it's just something that's understood, hey, this is my retirement job. I'm looking. I'm just working it for ten more years or five years or two years. Mm. They do crave because when you talk to them, they crave enjoying the work, not just I mean, who, who likes work that's monotonous and and non-rewarding? They want something, and you can see that when you make an opportunity happen, when you say with my team, and I have overwhelmingly a lot of boomers, when I say, hey, you know, let's make up a name, Bobby, I want to, I want to next year budget to send you to some tech training. Now, Bobby, he or she might be in their mid-50s or late-50s, and other people would say, well, why, why would you do that? Why would you spend it on them? Because you know what? They may work another 10 years here or 15 years. There's no, you got to get out. And so, you can see it. You can hear it in their in their in their voice. You can see it when you talk to them. They're excited about that. You're like, you're gonna send me to tech training? Yeah, mm -hmm. I want you to build your skill set. And so they crave it. They may not say it, and then definitely my generation, Gen X, we're the same as millennials. We want rewarding. We don't want you know. Okay, I'm gonna pick up this trash every day for eight hours a day for the next thirty years. We're like, what? So maybe maybe it's because trash has to be picked up, but instead we want it to be, hey, we're, picture this, guys. We're going to make this place gleaming white, and in turn, people are going to enjoy it. And, and, yes, we get paid for it. So they want that, 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 not spin, but they want that positivity in it. What are we getting out of this? You know? I think it's drive. You, know, you want to be driven towards a, a goal, towards a vision of the future. Rally the troops in the same direction. And eventually, you know, if you have clear direction and you have the will to get there, you will get there. So, um, Jason, as we've kind of gone back, one, this was new to us. We worked on something beyond blocking and tackling. We worked on how to do something new. You, you, you walked us through how you have, for the past few years, worked on, if I'm understanding right, not just your blocking and tackling, refining it, because you can always block better, right? We'll take world champion. How many times have Green Bay Packers been world champion? Like um, All times. times. Yeah, like many times. Many times. You know, no matter how good they are, those offensive linemen, that's, that, is a, that is a job that does not get glory, right? No. Offensive line, like, they don't, they don't get the I – mean, do offensive line even drive Lamborghinis, or they're more like big old trucks? I'm not, I'm not sure, man. Like a Ford 550 doesn't even exist yet. Um, you know, but they're still working on how to grade out higher. How, you know, their goal is never let the quarterback be touched. Mm -hmm. Their goal is open up the lane. And talk about not glory at all, but, man, when you have a line of hogs, right? We can call them that. The Redskins had the hogs, right? Yeah. Um, it really does it. So over the past few years, you've really worked on it. Um, I've got some things coming up for next year. That I found. Uh, can I just share it right now? Yeah, it's kind of like a teaser. You're letting us in on your goals, man. Yeah, I'm. Um, 
there are some online education that's through it's it's through online but it's traditional so for instance columbia university fifth mm -hmm. oldest university in the, in the united states out of new york city mm -hmm. they offer online courses that you can audit for free or for a few hundred dollars you get the certificate and they have and some other like i've taken a programming class through the university of pennsylvania so mm -hmm. legit brick and mortar classes um excuse me universities and colleges higher ed institutions that are offering these and you can easily audit them for free. Um, it's a combination of video, it's all loaded up, so the professor's done all the hard work. Video with programming is very cool because he had a whiteboard he'd draw on and show you right there at his desk and his screen. He could, he could alternate back and forth so he could show you how to program mm -hmm. uh, Python. And then yeah. I, I'm looking at a micro master's, which is not a master's degree, but for uh, hundreds of dollars, not thousands, um, in artificial intelligence, robotics, things like that. So I'm looking to see could I could I do this next year because I think that that would be very key to our line of work is the artificial intelligence um, for a non-programmer. So that for me is okay. Blocking and tackling, I do okay with that. So how do I look on the mid 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 to long passes? You know, how do I do those 15 to 20 yarders? Some of the some some of the things that now are hard but make those basic to me, and those long ones like how do I do that post route? Hmm. I'm, I'm out of I'm out of football terms. I now. love all the football metaphors, man. I, it's really working for me in this period of time where we have seasonal mood disorder here in Wisconsin. It's dark all the time. We don't get enough vitamin D, and there's no baseball, and there's no Harleys. So it's I don't know, man. The football is helping a little bit. <laughs> But it's a huge void to fill. Maybe this will help you. Iceland, a country of under half a million people. There are more people in Milwaukee Metro than the entire country and island of Iceland. Yes. They just qualified for the World Cup. That's soccer for all of our listeners. And they're in the group that has legends. England, multiple times world champion. France, same thing. Italy. Germany, Spain, they qualified for the World Cup, and I watched a short documentary, like 10 minutes on how they did it. Iceland literally had a six-month-a-year season because it's so cold. I mean, it is below freezing for six months a year. It's mm -hmm. a rocky, barren, you know, uh, island country. They, to combat things like this, they built a, a huge indoor pitch or soccer field so they can develop their teams over the last 15 years year-round. So in order to do the basic blocking and tackling, they have to put money in and build this, and it's paid off. Mm -hmm. And so in spite of seasonal mood disorder, in spite of the, the, you know, the, the frozen tundra, the tundra cometh, isn't that like the, the hashtag sign of all of Wisconsin? Yeah, the frozen tundra. I mean, I realize that Canada looks at you guys and says, huh, whoops. Still, you know, in spite of all that, blocking and tackling can happen. It's important. Get out there just like the old Soviet Union used to do. Get your 15 minutes of sun a day. Midday, stand out there for 15 minutes. Take your vitamin D, gummies, your chewies, you know. <laughs> gummies and chewies have a completely different metaphor or meaning out there in California, though, sir. Uh, we only have um, – 34 days until 
Prop 64 goes into full on effect. The state is preparing. Full on. So people are going to be uh, taking their daily gummies and you won't even know what's going on. Neither will they. You know, I mean, it doesn't change any work workplace rules. Yeah. You can't come to work drunk today, right? Right, right. Same comparison. I've heard that comparison before. You can't operate a, a car under the influence of alcohol has killed so many people, and yet we continue as a nation to tolerate it. So when we want to get serious about stuff like that, yeah. it's, uh, you know, that's really where we are. Amen, sir. Cool. Well, thanks for taking the time tonight. This was great. That's normally what you say. You normally say, well, this was great. <laughs> I think this is our penultimate show for the year. Penultimate. Well, this is the first time we tried this. You know, I think it's kind of fun. We took the clips that we recorded two months ago. We reflected on them, and now we built on what we have. So, I'm a fan. You know, we never got to really do a, a, an interview and then bring it in. But that's something maybe for future is able to you or I interview somebody. We talked about that. You know, you meet somebody, do a 10 or 20 minute interview, share the clip, and then talk about it. Right. That sounds like a typical uh, format that's very popular with podcasts. It, it, well, it is. It is. And I think, um, I think the more popular is to have a whole interview and then do an intro and say, this is what we did. It's more rare to have one person do the interview. And then we talk about it because we kind of riff off of that. All in all, we learned. It was good. All right, sir. That's all I got then. That's all I got. We're out of time. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Enjoy your week. And I will see you next time. May the best turkey be eaten or something. Something holiday appropriate. No, the best. I think I feel like the best turkey survives till next year. Well, yeah. Think about it. if you're a farm raised turkey, you, you're destined for the you know the slaughterhouse. But if you're a wild turkey, depending on where you live, either a you end up in alcohol wild turkey, or two hunters get you. So I think turkey, as much as Ben Franklin wanted to be our national bird. No chance. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> A little history for you there. So. I like the history lesson, man. Always important. Let's charge forward to the holidays, eh? Charge. All right. Thanks, man. Take All right. Care. Bye. Bye. Ready, Freddy? Boom. I forgot what we say next. <laughs> we don't listen to it enough. Yeah. What do we say next? See, ready, oh, Freddy? Do some heavy editing here. Oh, heavy editing. <laughs> La Copa de Ball. Give me <laughs> something to say. I'll say let's do All right, let's try it again. Ready? Okay, ready? Ready, Freddy? Boom. We've got some heavy editing to do here. Heavy editing. <laughs> La Copa de Ball. Boom. Give me something to say and I'll say it. Boom. Let's do this thing. Let me try that a third time. We'll edit that out, I hope. No, I like it the way it is. <laughs> Just the way it is. <laughs> and eventually, you know, if you have clear direction and you have the will to get there, you will get there. What if you have one direction? Then, uh, then you're a popular boy band who ultimately, are they still together? I don't even know.
I'm not sure. I know that they were popular. I've, I've mm -hmm. seen enough online and had friends um, who I wasn't sure if it was their kids that liked them or if it was them because there's a lot of... Uh...